Yo, yo, what's going on, good people? Today is Monday, June 26, 2023. Time is 11.31 a.m. Eastern Time. And you're on one of the episodes of The Bridge, episode number 169 of The Bridge. Now with Big Ron Brown, Big Kush, King Kush, is all the same. Just here bringing my humble opinion about things that's going on in our everyday lives, things that we talk about, things we like to discuss. Mainly for me, music, sports, politics, current events on the local, national, and global level. Uh, I got a lot to get into, a lot to get into, uh, results of the BET Awards. It was an epic show. A lot went on. A lot happened. Um, a lot to get into, and especially in the NBA trades. Uh, Marcus Smart, Christopher Porzingis, Chris Paul. Uh, the draft that took place last week with uh, Victor Wembanyama going number one. Uh, January sixth, from um, Ryder gets twelve years. Uh, white supremacist propaganda in Pennsylvania. I ninety five section open in Philadelphia. Uh, Explosion that took place at a par- at a school in Paris, France. Uh, Hunter Biden pleads guilty. Uh, they're monitoring their activity over in Russia, and of course, the um, lady story that took place on Friday with the uh, submarine tragedy that took place with the five men inside the submarine that were trying to go down to the Titanic. But as always, I, if I, if I start off every show, I'm going to start off this one. Over the last few years, uh, COVID is still out there, people. Go get vaccinated, go get back, go get the vaccine as soon as you're eligible, and go get the booster shot as soon as you're eligible for that. You can't reduce it. You cannot you can't eliminate it, you just only reduce it. So <clears throat> as soon as you get a chance, go get vaccinated and go get the booster shot if you are eligible to do so. Alright. Wanna start off the show with the tragedy, of course, that took place in the Atlantic Ocean with the young five men who went down in the sub submersive sub tank who were trying to go down to see the wreckage of the Titanic, or what's left of the Titanic. Of course, we all know the Titanic is a ship that sailed from England in route to New York in April of 1912. The humongous iceberg went down, and about 1,500 people lost their lives. And that was over 110-plus years ago. And for whatever reason, people are still obsessed. They are still drawn to the Titanic. They just can't get enough, and when you have people who are, certain people in this world who are billionaires, who don't like to be told no, who don't like to be told what to do, they feel like they got all the money in the world, they got all the resources, and I'm going to do it and you can't stop me. A lot of people are trying to tell these people, this is a bad idea, you shouldn't go down there. With that amount of pressure, you're going that far down on the ocean bottom. When you're on that, when you're that far down on the ocean bottom, you can't even see, it's so dark, you can't even see the sun. When you're that far down and that amount of pressure, it does not matter. If you have the best <clears throat> best equipment in the world, one malfunction, one little thing goes wrong, and you have a tragedy such as this. Um, I don't know what people's obsession is with the Titanic. I they just they just are they just determined every so often certain people are just determined just to go down there and see the wreckage. It is. This is my simple, humble opinion and my take on it. Leave the Titanic alone. Leave it alone. Just leave the Titanic alone. Let it rest in peace and pieces. Because by now, that ship is so deteriorated, it's probably not even intact. You're probably not even going to get a good view of what it is you want to see. I saw the movie. A lot of people, I'm sure everybody's seen the movie thousands of times sad movie. I mean, of course, they put the love story in there with Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Hudson to try to 
spoofs it up a little bit for Hollywood. But we all know what the main event was. Iceberg, hitting the iceberg, and going down. And it's funny, James, not, well, not funny because it's a tragedy because James Cameron, the uh, director of the Titanic, he was on CNN Saturday night, and he said he could sum up this tragedy with those five men going down in that submarine in just one word, arrogance. And it brings it back full circle because you all saw the movie Titanic. You all saw those men and how they thought and how they acted when that ship was sailing. This is, I believe, one some of them said this is an unsinkable ship. Not even God could sink that ship. And God was like, oh, really? Let me, see, let me put this iceberg right here and see if y'all get around that. <clears throat> and almost 1,500 people lost their lives. Innocent people lost their lives because of sheer arrogance. Leave the Titanic alone. Quit going down there. I don't know what it is about billionaires who just get this obsession. They want to either go, they want to go down to the ocean floor, and they, or they want to go out in the outer space. And when you're dealing with those two extremes, you're not in control. It doesn't matter how much money you got. I don't care if you're a billionaire, your resources, your connections. None of that matters. When you're in an element like that, you have no control of the element, or there's too many moving parts. It's too many moving parts. I'm sorry. You could have sent that submarine down there with video footage, and you could have got all the videos you want, and no one would have had No one would have lost their lives. Five families are never going to be the same, including a 19-year-old kid who didn't even want to go down there, but he wanted to spend Father's Day with his father because his father was just insisting on him coming down there. Now, this 19-year-old kid whose life wasn't even, whose life had just started, is now gone. It's just tragedies like this could have been avoided. Just could have been avoided. It wasn't even necessary. And certain people, like I said, when they're billionaires and they got all the money in the world, they feel like they got all the resources, they don't like being told no, and they don't like being told what to do. They feel like they're invincible. And I'm just going to do this and I'm going to do that. And the heck with what you're saying. You can't tell me what to do. Anybody that is listening to me or will ever listen to this podcast, I'm going to say it I'm gonna say it again. Leave the Titanic alone. Anybody that's even thinking about going down there, leave it alone. Leave that ship alone. It is a memorial to sadness and death. Want to watch the? You want to get to? You want to see the Titanic? Watch the movie. James Cameron did a great job of capturing <clears throat> all of the emotions and everything, the attitudes and the feelings of that era and what went on on that ship. Leave it alone. I'm sorry. It's just too. I ain't trying to float. I ain't trying to float in the ocean. I ain't trying to go out and I ain't trying to fly in outer space. I'm cool. It's sad. Five families will never be the same. And this could have all been avoided. It was so unnecessary. Thoughts and prayers going out to those five families. Leave the Titanic alone. Let it rest in peace. Um, saw this morning, of course, we, um, we heard about the three San Antonio, Texas uh, former cops who um, came into this woman's house. This lady who was an EDP, emotionally disturbed person. She was not well. She was having a mental episode. And was basically just saying that, come in and shoot me, come in and shoot me. 
and these officers just unloaded. I don't know if she had a gun. I don't know if she had any other weapon. I don't know if she had anybody held anybody hostage. But they just came in there and just unloaded on this lady and killed her. And her daughter, I saw it on Good Morning America, man. It was just sad talking about how they just destroyed her life and took her mother away like that. But my thing is, is that if you're walking into a scene and you don't see a you don't see a gun, you don't see a knife, you don't see a bat, you don't see a hammer, you don't see any type of weapon, and you just walk in and just shoot this lady and kill her. Just just kill her. It was just Obviously, this woman is telling you to come in and shoot me. She's obviously not in her right state of mind. And it's just use better judgment. I don't know how long they have been on the force, and clearly they shouldn't have never been on any police department at all. They have been fired, and they are now facing jail time, which they should, because if that lady didn't have a gun, a knife, or any type of weapon, and she wasn't holding anybody hostage or anything like that, there was no reason for them to come in and just start unloading their magazines like they did to kill them. It's crazy. Um, White House and other NATO nations are clearly monitoring the airstrike situation that happened in Russia. Clearly, um, Putin is losing control of his government and his reins and his entire regime because basically you had leaders over there just basically they had their own insurrection over there in Russia. Um, two people were killed, eight were wounded. Um, Ukraine has basically said it's only a matter of time. This could take it could take a little bit of time, but it's only a matter of time before uh, this war is over with. Putin is obviously they feel like he is circling the drain and is about to be flushed. So, um, United States, of course, uh, other NATO nations are still giving all of their support and resources to Ukraine until this situation is resolved. And when it is resolved. The amount of war crimes and sanctions that are going to come down on Putin and everyone associated with Putin, man, it's not going to be good. Hunter Biden pleaded guilty to basically tax um, tax fraud charges that took place over um, a few years back. He, of course, he's battling, he had battle addiction with um, drugs and whatnot. And I think he said while he was on the drugs that he bought and a, a firearm illegally because I think when you're in rehab and a known addiction like that on your record, you're not, a, you're not supposed to buy a firearm, which he did, but he turned himself in, relinquished the, uh, the evidence that was against him. So basically they said, they're saying he may only do probation. It's only a misdemeanor. He might not even do any jail time. And of course, uh, the Republicans, namely Donald Trump, was trying to use this as a political plea to try to say that well, the only reason he got special treatment is because he's Biden's son. Listen, that's the name of the game. If you're the president's son or any other important elected official, and if it's just a misdemeanor, you probably won't. You probably won't do any jail time. That's also a sign of having a good lawyer. And that's just that's just the way the cookie crumbles. But it's just. But Trump needs to basically, in my opinion, just don't comment on anybody's legal situation because uh, his trial was set for August, is now set for December, of course, with his situation with the documents, his situation with Stormy Daniels, his situation with messing with the um, the election and the uh, results in Georgia, and numerous other things, felony charges that this man is facing. So it's supposed to be set in for um, August of this year, but now it's going to look like it's going to be more like December. 
So for somebody who's facing more than 30-plus felony charges, you shouldn't comment on anybody else in your situation. Not at all. So just shut up. <laughs> uh, thoughts and prayers going out to the um, people over in Paris, France last week. Uh, at least 30 people were injured during an explosion that took place at a school in Paris, France. I don't know if anybody lost their lives, but um, definitely praying for those people because it's just a, a freak accident, a tragedy. And I don't, like I said, 30 people were injured. Don't know if anybody lost their lives, but definitely give them my condolences and thoughts and prayers and sympathy to those people dealing with that explosion because any school, anywhere in the world, you know, that's one of the most vulnerable places on earth. When you're talking about hospitals, nursing homes, Schools, universities, these are, these, are, these are children, babies. And if they ever learn, you think they're in a safe environment and things can happen. Don't know if it was, don't know if it was terrorist attack or anything like that, but definitely my thoughts and prayers and sympathy go out to those people in that um, area of Paris, France. Um, I-95 here locally in Philadelphia has reopened. Uh, they opened uh, two of the lanes going in each direction. They pretty much worked 12 hour shifts around the clock. And in less than two weeks, it was right back open. So, um, kudos to PennDOT and everybody that was working around the clock to get that situation rectified. Um, just goes to show you that, um, that we have the materials, we have the workers. So, there's no reason why other situations that are in dire straits should not get that same amount of attention as fast as I can, because I just have to bring it up. I talked about this a few weeks ago on my other other shows. When you have all these schools in Philadelphia that have been filled with asbestos for years, but yet they take their precious time on that issue, mainly because they're um, schools that are housing predominantly black and brown children. But yet, because of the situation that happened on 95, which was a tragedy, and I'm definitely praying for Mr. Moody's family and his daughter because that was definitely a tragedy. But because it's a money play and the amount of money that they was losing by not having that section of 95 open, they wanted they wanted to get this open as rectified as fast as possible. But if you can do that to open an interstate, so you can get your commerce and get your cargo and get people traveling so you can get your money back up. There's no reason why other areas in Philadelphia, especially with these schools with asbestos, can't be fixed, can't be addressed as swiftly as that situation was. So, just my humble opinion. Staying here in the Penn State of Pennsylvania, it was shown last week that at least 1,500 pieces of white supremacist propaganda was found all over the state within the last three to four years. Um, that's not a shocker to me because you have the three biggest cities in Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, which is where I live, Harrisburg, the capital, and then Western Pennsylvania, you have Pittsburgh. Those are the three biggest cities in the state of Pennsylvania. The rest of the state, you would think you were back in Mississippi where I grew up, or Alabama. Some people say Pennsylvania, 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 Outside of those three major cities, the rest of the state, you would, you would think you were below the Mason-Dixon line. So the fact that you have white supremacist propaganda 
all in all different parts of the state does not surprise me because my wife and I and the kids, we just um, drove from Philadelphia to Chicago for my brother's college graduation. And the moment you can get like five minutes outside of Philadelphia, you feel like, man, am I still in the same state? It, it doesn't take long. Once you get out of Philadelphia, Harrisburg, and Pittsburgh, it's <laughs> it's like you're in a whole other world. And so the predominantly, other than those major cities, they vote Republican. They definitely support Trump. And, yeah, white supremacist propaganda is out there. So I'm not surprised. And like I was telling my wife earlier today, if Donald Trump gets convicted and goes to prison, man, there'll be an uprising. And I just hope that everybody's prepared for it. Last year here in Philadelphia, white supremacists marched around City Hall, I think the night before the 4th of July, if I'm not mistaken. That was barely a year ago. They're getting ready. Then Saturday night, I was telling my wife that white supremacists had Nazi flags up and um, at a synagogue right outside of Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia. They're gearing up. They're ready for a race war because they feel like that Donald Trump is their last hope of their way of thinking, of their way of life, of, of their good old days. As I like to put it, make America great again. And just to say, and just to go back to that point, anytime I hear certain people say the good old days, it just makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. It gives me calls to pause. Anytime I hear certain people say the good old days, it just makes me a little nervous. It gets, it gets, it got, got my radars up. Anytime I just, just saying. <laughs> just saying. Speaking of Donald Trump and his shenanigans and what he started, uh, one of the rioters from January 6th got 12 years, 12 and a half years in prison for his actions during the January 6th riots at the Capitol. Um, good. Good for him. That's exactly what he deserves because let's not forget, um, they vandalized the Capitol. Government property was damaged, government property was stolen, and at least five to six people were killed because of their actions. Do not forget that. I don't care how political they try to make this. I don't care how they try to how they try to downplay it and just try to, oh, it wasn't that bad, it wasn't that bad. Keep in mind, because of their actions on January 6th, the U.S. Capitol, which is supposed to be one of the most secure places on the planet, property was damaged. Government property was stolen and vandalized, and five to six people lost their lives, including one of the U.S. Capitol Police officers. Keep that in mind. That's all that their blood, that destruction, their actions is on their hands, and I hope they get every single one of them and put them in jail, including the head honcho who told them to go there, who told them to come there their day and be ready to fight like hell, Donald J. Trump. He's responsible for January 6th. Nobody else. Let's get into some action in the association known as the NBA. Of course, um, draft took place. My San Antonio Spurs took Victor Wimbignana, uh, number one overall, uh, 19-year-old. He was all over the place. He threw out the first pitch at the Yankees game. He was flown in New York, of course, taking number one all overall. His family was there. Interviews. 
rode the subway to the um I think he rode the subway to the game. I think he rode the subway to the um draft at the Barclays Center. So um congratulations to Victor Wimanyana. He joins David Robinson and Tim Duncan as number one picks that were selected by San Antonio Spurs. We all know how that worked out. So David Robinson helped us win two. And Tim Duncan, my favorite player of all time, helped us to win five championships, league MVPs, finals MVPs. Uh, all-star, all-NBA, defensive player of the year. You name it, Tim Duncan did it all for Spurs, and this kid is only 19 years old. He's seven foot five, with a wingspan of eight feet. And he's only 19 years old. I don't think you stop growing until you're like 21 or 22. So he might not be through growing. So definitely looking forward to seeing what happens with him. Also, the Twins that were selected, uh, two and three, I think, went to Detroit and Houston. First time ever twin brothers that were selected back-to-back in uh, NBA draft history. So congratulations to them and everyone that got drafted in the NBA draft last week. Uh, Marcus Smart was traded to the Memphis Grizzlies. That was definitely a shocking because he had been such an integral part and a, and a piece of that team for a lot of years. Um, but hey, this is a business. Team thinks that they can upgrade you by sending you away, they will definitely do so. Christopher Prozingis, who was traded to the Celtics because they feel like I guess they needed someone who could um, shoot more and a bigger presence in the middle because um, uh, Al Horford is getting up there. And so I guess they feel like he was going to be bringing in to be a bigger piece and a bigger uh, piece of the puzzle to help the Celtics out. So he's headed to uh, Boston. Chris Paul, this definitely trade. This trade definitely made me scratch my head because Chris Paul was traded to the Golden State Warriors and exchange Jordan Poole was traded to the Washington Wizards. Um, I understand the chemistry situation between Jordan Poole and Draymond Green was a little rocky last year, especially how the season started with them being at practice and Draymond him got into it and Draymond pretty much knocked him out. I can see how Things were probably never the same after that for the season. But Jordan Poole just helped you win a championship last year. He was an integral part. And you have to age as a factor because Chris Paul is 38. And Jordan Poole is only 24. Chris Paul has a history of injuries. You never, he's not going to give you a full season. I And I'm pretty sure the Golden State Warriors know that. And how him and... Steph Curry is going to coexist because Steph Curry has always been known as the point guard. And now you're bringing in CP3, also known as the point guard, to come into a team. I don't know. I don't, just don't know how that's going to work. I really don't. Because it, it made me scratch my head. But if anybody can figure it out, I'm pretty sure Steve Curry will figure it out. And I'm pretty sure Steph Curry will probably adjust, just like he had to adjust when Kevin Durant came on the scene. But I don't know if I gave up a 24-year-old Jordan Poole for a 38-injury-prone Chris Paul, who's pretty much on fumes and on his last legs. So that kind of made me scratch my head. Entertainment news I want to get into real quick. Um, Killer Mike was in an interview, and he basically said that Andre 3000 of the legendary group Outkast has his own album coming out. And if I'm not mistaken, I've been following Outkast pretty much all my life. And all music that they've ever came out with, um, Andre has been a part of the group. He's never had a solo album. So I think this will be his first solo album that he's going to come out soon. Don't know exactly when it's going to happen, but 
Um, if there's somebody that I'm looking forward to hearing his album and what he has to say and what he, his thoughts and his ideas and who's and especially who's going to be featured on the album with him, definitely Andre 3000 because I've always said this lyrics equal longevity. And lyrical Andre 3000 is a lyrical giant. It's just, <laughs> that's, all, that's the only thing I can say. He's a lyrical beast. He is a giant. And so the fact that he is coming out with his own solo album, his first solo album, um, looking forward to hearing it. Looking forward to who he's gonna who he's gonna have on it, who's gonna be featured on it. And the interviews what made him decide to do a solo album after all these years because we all know that him and Big Boy put together some classic albums, some classic music. First album came out uh, next year will be the 30th anniversary of that debut album, Southern Playlist of Cadillac Music. So, um, I'm from Mississippi, so them being from Atlanta, of course, I know it's only five or six hours away from me. So, yes, anything out there is, like he said, that the Sorcerers of the South got something to say. He was the main component of the South, having something to say. And so, him having his first solo album, definitely looking forward to hearing that. Lyrics equal longevity. Never forget that. And speaking of another lyricist who was celebrated last night um, at the BET Awards, 2023 BET Awards, it was um, pretty much dedicated to hip-hop, 50 years of hip-hop. Of course, we all know 50th anniversary of hip-hop will be August 11th um, of this year, because August 11th, 1973, Cool Hurt and other people got together for a back-to-school jam to have a party, and he bought out his turntables and started scratching records, and the rest is history. Thought it was a fad, thought it went last, but huh, they got the last laugh. 50 years of hip-hop. So um, congratulations to all the people who won awards last night, especially Busta Rhymes, Busta Bus. The fire-breathing dragon himself, he won the Lifetime Achievement Award at the BT Awards last night. Um, well-deserved, well-earned. Uh, lyrically, Busta Rhymes, you know, he, 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 he kill any feature. Him, it's just certain people that when they get on the feature, they have never disappointed. Never. Buster Rhymes, Jada Kiss, Lil Wayne, it's just certain people that when they get on the feature, they have never disappointed. They have never dropped the ball. They have always brought their A game, and Buster Rhymes is that person. He is that person. And so, congratulations to him on winning the Lifetime Achievement Award and BT Awards. And of course, he had his family with him, and his ride or die homie Spliff Star was there with him too. Spliff, he's been with Buster Rhymes ever since I've known. Remember hearing Buster Rhymes back in the day, um, going all the way back to Leaders of the New School with the song Scenario. That's when I first heard Buster Rhymes and how different and unique he sounded. And then, of course, the coming with Wuha got y'all all in check and put your hands where my eyes can see. It's just so many classics that. Buster Rhymes put out and Spliff Star has been pretty much on every show, at every award show, at every um tour, video, Spliff has been right there by Buster Rhymes' side. So Buster Rhymes is definitely a loyal dude and he's a good dude. And I can't think of nobody that deserved to win the Lifetime Achievement Award at the BET Awards other than Buster Rhymes. So congratulations to him. He had a new single that he debuted called Beach Ball. The video is out. And so perfect time. So, congratulations to all them, all the people who won awards last night and Buster Rhymes for the Lifetime Achievement Award. Um, 
<clears throat> we all come from different races, backgrounds, cultures, places, and statuses, but we are more alike than we are different. We can see each other as human, find common ground and interest, begin to pick each other's brain, and dig into the core of each other respectfully and peacefully. Only then can we begin to heal each other and truly bridge the gap between all of us. Another episode of The Bridge, get out with Big Ron Brown, Big Chris, King Fish is all the same. Before I get out of here, um, tomorrow, June 27th, my wife and I, my beautiful wife and I, will celebrate nine years of holy matrimony. We got married June 27th, 2014. Nine years total in marriage and 11 years total of being together. We have two beautiful children to our union. And one of the best decisions that I've ever made was asking her to be my wife. And I can't think of anybody else in this journey that we call life to walk hand-in-hand, side-by-side, with Miss Natasha Shepherd Brown. So, honey, dear, you, I, I always tell you, you are, the, you are forever my breath of fresh air. And I thank you. I salute you. I love you for the wife you are, the mother you are, the friend you are, the, the sister you are, the cousin you are, the hard worker, child of God, human being that you are. And I truly love you, and I appreciate you, and I thank you for all that you do not only for me, but too for our beautiful children. So I love you and can't wait to celebrate our anniversary tomorrow. So that's it for me, man. I'll talk with you guys next week. Till then, have a good one. Peace.